Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. There must be a simple understanding that a life of simplicity that we seek for cannot be attained through our own wisdom, but through the wisdom of God. One must come to a realization that not all wisdom that we have read or heard is not of God. You know, there is uh, something called wisdom of this world. You know, 1 Corinthians 1.20, if you look at the slide, it says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? You see, the Bible is very clear. There is wisdom of this present world. In 1 Corinthians 2, 6, on the next slide again, it says, Howbeit, we speak, from wis- we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, once again, not of the princes of this world that come to naught. And 1 Corinthians 3, 19, once again, it says, For the wisdom of where? This world, again is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. It is quite clear that the Bible speaks of worldly wisdom. Not only that, the worldly wisdom is to be avoided. It might sound nice, it might sound very flowery, and it might sound very intellectual, but the Bible says we need to make sure that we avoid the philosophy and the wisdom of this world. The Bible says here the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. It is a foolishness to think that the intellectual ability of this world is wiser than God. And, of course, we know that there is only one wise person, and he is our eternal king. And he is our God, Almighty God, our Jehovah God. And, the, and when the world claims themselves to be wise in their own wisdom, God says they are fools. They are fools. And fools complicate their lives instead of simplifying it. They try to get by and try to do their own pleasure, and they try to maybe rationalize some different sins and, and different maybe uh, 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 even... Uh, 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 standards or maybe different type of uh, ideas that they might have, and, and they try to complicate it so that they could feel their own pleasure rather than trying to obey God. And I want you to know that a person who is seeking God's wisdom is not complicating their lives by justification of their own re- reasoning, but they're simplifying their lives by obeying the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says fools will meddle with strife. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. The reason why we have many different uh, relationship issues and and many different arguments and and different conflicts, even in our marriage and our family, or maybe even as church members, is because of the fact that we are being foolish and we're not being wise. And we're not simply obeying uh, the second commandment of our Lord Jesus Christ to love our neighbor. 
And I think about the Bible also says, fools commit cycles of follies. They commit sins over and over and over, and, and they uh, obtain foolishness in their lives, and not just once, but multiple times. In Proverbs 26, verse 11, the Bible says, as a dog returned to his vomit, so a fool returned to his folly. The Bible is very clear that a fool cannot, uh, will not learn from his own mistakes and will not learn from his own sins and, and is ready to always go back to the wicked life or maybe even the falliness of life. And I think also the Bible also says and fool, uh, that, that a fool's heart is careless. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 2, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. What does that mean? Is he really holding his heart by his right hand? Well, the Bible is referring to the fact that your right hand is the strong hand. Okay, it's a metaphor that the scripture is using. And the Bible says that a fool will have his heart on the left hand, which is the weak hand. Okay, I don't know if you're left-handed today. Maybe your left hand is stronger. I'm not sure how many of you left-handed. Raise your hand, okay? Maybe a few of you, all right? And you're, maybe your left hand is stronger than the right hand, all right? That doesn't mean this Bible doesn't apply to you, okay? And I'm not saying that you're holding your uh, uh, heart in a uh, wrongful way, but I'm just simply saying the Bible is uh, referring to the fact, hey, a, a wise person will have his heart to be protected by his stronger hand. But a, a, a foolish person will be very careless about their hearts and will hold it with a weaker hand. And, uh, and, and the Bible is very clear, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be wise, you've got to protect your heart. You've got to make sure you see the right things, you hear the right things, you meditate, meditate upon the right things, because your heart <coughs> will see those things, will hear those things, and also meditate upon those things. And, and, uh, and I guarantee you, your heart will be easily corrupt if you don't hold it by the stronger hand. Uh, I just want to encourage you today that there are a wisdom of this world that we need to avoid because there are foolishness with God and, and foolish people are uh, having strife and foolish people have cycles of follies and, and foolish people have carelessness. And, and not only that, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 14, that they have empty words and empty future and a fool also full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? You see, a foolish person would predict what will happen in the future for his life. And, and also that person uh, will not in any sense receive correction and, and also even admonishment. And that's why the Bible says, who can tell him? Who could even deal with this man? Who could even deal with this lady? And this person will not be corrected and will not uh, 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 take onto wisdom. I think about I read a parable this past week in, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke. And I apologize if I'm going too fast. And I do have a long introduction this morning. But uh, I read in, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke of Jesus Christ giving a parable of the rich man. And, and uh, amazingly, one season, he had a great goods and, and great increase in his life. And, and he had much riches. And, and he said to himself, he said, oh, soul, take thine ease and eat and be married and, and uh, fill up your barn and, and let it multiply and uh, make sure your investment grows. And God says, thou fool. You fool, I will require of your soul this night. You see, that rich man was a foolish man. And uh, predicting his future and, and also being at ease of his own follies and, 
and always looking at riches all the time and this temporal life, and God says, what about your soul? I'm going to take your soul tonight. You're a fool. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, foolish people have empty future, and they have empty uh, goals in their life that would just uh, uh, pass away like this world, and, and, and Jesus Christ said it very clear, and heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And you see, everything that we see in this world will simply uh, be vanished like a vapor one day. And the only thing that will last is the word of God and what we did with it. You see, foolish people complicate their lives rather than simplifying it in obedience to Jesus. Before we even start seeking for wisdom, my friend, we must seek it from the right source. Because there is worldly wisdom, and the worldly people will teach their wisdom to you and to me. But we must recognize the fact that we need to stick to the word of God because his words are true, and, and what, the world are, what the world is saying are false. And, uh, and we must have conviction about that. And this is the right source of truth and solution for our lives. And, and, and we must be warned that we can easily adapt to the world. We can claim ourselves to be wise, and, 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 but become fools like the rest of the world. And uh, I think about a, 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 some survey that was done several months ago, and who is the most likable person uh, in the United States, and, and uh, guess who was voted number one? Ellen DeGeneres. And uh, as you know, she's an open lesbian, and, uh, and, and she's proud of it. And, uh, and, and I am not <coughs> hating homosexuals. I'm not hating those people. I believe that God hates their sins. And uh, I believe that they need to, be, they need to repent. They, receive, they need to receive Christ as their personal Savior. And, and they need to know heaven as their home. And, uh, but the most likable person in the uh, United States is Ellen DeGeneres. And uh, as we think about that stat, it, 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 it's amazing what America uh, is holding dear these days. And, and I, I saw a little clip of what Ellen did and, uh, in one of the uh, popular clips on YouTube. And, and I understand why people are so fond of her. She's so generous. She's so kind. And uh, you could say in the worldly sense, loving. And, uh, and I kind of sense that about her. And, and it's amazing how the devil could use different tactics of this world to draw people to be deceived. And, 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 and I'm just telling you, my, my friend, that, uh, uh, that we could easily adapt to this world. And, and, and the world could teach us wrongful doctrine and wrongful teachings and wrongful standards of life. And, and we can claim ourselves to be wise, but we could truly become fools like the rest of this world. And we must ask ourselves, are we seeking and adapting to the wisdom of this world today? Because the wisdom of this world is, foolish, uh, is foolishness with God, and, and foolish people complicate their lives with follies and strife and carelessness and sins and hopelessness. I think about Solomon, King Solomon. He agrees as he endeavors to seek for the wisdom of this world. He writes, you know, uh, in the Bible, there's different type of wisdom, and there's wisdom of reverence and wisdom of uh, 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 religious uh, uh, rituals and uh, 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 wisdom of, uh, 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 I guess, truth, as the Bible calls it. And, uh, but 
uh, there's also wisdom of this world that the Bible talks about, and I believe Ecclesiastes chapter 1, Solomon is talking about that kind of wisdom. In verse 17, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom there's much grief, and he that increases in knowledge increases sorrow. He says, you know, I try to obtain all the wisdom that I can, but he says, even with this, it is a grief, grievous thing. It is a vexation of spirit. Solomon says here, it wasn't really worth it all. By the way, just because you know so much by the standards of this world does not mean you have true wisdom. Just because you have a high degree, that doesn't mean you have wisdom. Just because you have education, that doesn't mean you have wisdom. Just because you have learned so much from books, that doesn't mean you have wisdom. And uh, there are many people who are making a lot of money, and, and they have high education, but their lives are complicated. And, uh, and, and I think about uh, this uh, uh, Oregon governor. Have you heard about this? And uh, his fiance uh, uh, ha- happened to have some... Uh, uh, a skeleton in the closet, and, uh, and, and she actually uh, 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 was divorced three times. Now, this fiancé, the Oregon governor, knew about uh, two of the divorce, but not the third one. The third one actually was her marrying an illegal uh, 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 citizen in this country who wants to become a citizen through marriage, and, and she married him for $5,000. And then she was in tears and uh, uh, speaking to the press and, and uh, you know, being sorry about all these different things. And as I thought about th- that man's life and this lady's life, I was thinking, I mean, uh, I'm sure they have a nice home. I'm sure they have a great public career and, and, uh, and, 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 and everything is fine and dandy from the outside. And they look uh, wonderful in pictures and maybe from videos, but it's very quite obvious their lives were somewhat of a shamble. And they weren't truly wise with their lives. Why? Because they don't have God in their lives. And they say, if you want to be wise, we need God Almighty. And uh, wouldn't you agree that God's wisdom is far more important than worldly education or what the world teaches us? Uh, One Christian author has once said, you might not be able to improve your IQ, but you can improve your WQ by praying for wisdom. You know, James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of who? Of God. That give it to all men liberally, and braided not, and, not, and it shall be given him. And at least, gentlemen, he has wise answers and solutions to all our worries and problems. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, and visible, the only, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever and amen. If you want to have wisdom for your marriage and your career or whatever it might be, even finances, you've got to go to God. You've got to go to God. He is the only wise God. One Christian wrote concerning wisdom, When I was in college, I lived in a dorm that had 100 rooms. With the lock on each door, it took 100 keys to open those 100 doors. However, the person uh, in charge had a pass key. The single key had the ability to open the doors to every room in the dorm. And the wisdom is like pass key that will unlock 
difficult decisions and open doors for you. The Lord is the only one who has the key, but he'll loan it to you if you ask for it. And you might have some different topics and different issues in your life, and maybe you could list to even hundreds. And there might be different keys that the world gives to you to unlock the secrets of the answer to the issues of those uh, things in your life. But, hey, there is a, a, a pass key that God could give you. There's a, a key that God uh, could open all those doors and give you the right wisdom. And, and he is a true, only wise God that you could rely on, my friend. And don't try any other key, but try the key of God. You know, God can, will give us wisdom if we truly ask for it. But it doesn't just come with no effort. Just because you ask today, dear Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Would you give it to me? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just because you ask it in one simple form of sentence, that doesn't mean you're going to be struck with lightning or struck with blessing and, and uh, you know, your face glow and you start having wisdom. It's not going to be that easy. It doesn't just, it, you know, it, it, it just doesn't come... Uh, uh, you know, with no effort, and there must be diligent prayer. There must be diligent search. And, uh, and, and God won't just give it to you if you just have a careless approach about it. And I think about Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2 and through 4, and so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, applying thine heart unto understanding. If thou criest, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for us for hid treasures. You know, I think about Socrates, and uh, I'm sure many of you heard this illustration before, and, and one of his disciples came and said, hey, I want to know your wisdom, I want to know knowledge, and Socrates got him to a little uh, pool of water, and then he dunked his head underwater, and then uh, he put him down there for maybe a few seconds, and then he got him up, and he said, what do you want? He says, I want wisdom, I want knowledge, I want to learn from you. And he put his head back in the water for another uh, several more seconds, and, and, and he got his uh, uh, head out of the water once again. He said, what do you want, Socrates said. He said, I want uh, 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 <coughs> knowledge, I want wisdom from you, I want to learn from you. And he put his head back down into the water for a longer period, and then uh, he put his head back out. He said, now what do you want? He says, I want air. And Socrates said, I want you to have that passion and that desire of learning knowledge and wisdom as much as you want air at this time. And, and the Bible is very clear that you got to cry after knowledge. You got to lift up your voice for knowledge. You got to seek, seek knowledge as silver and, and search it, her as hid treasures. And, and ladies and gentlemen, wisdom is not going to just uh, uh, come by through one prayer or uh, uh, maybe just uh, uh, one speech that you give to the Lord. No, it has to be a dedication. It must be uh, giving your all to God and say, Lord, I, 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 I wish to avoid any, every other wisdom of this world, and I don't want to learn anything that this world has to, has to offer me. I want to learn from you, and I cry after you. I hunger for you, and, and I, I want to have wisdom for my family. I want to have wisdom uh, for my marriage. I want to have wisdom for my uh, uh, individual life, and, and wherever I go, I want you to be first, and I want to make sure I have the right. I make the right decision uh, uh, that you have prepared for me, and, and you got to desire that, my friend. You cannot just carelessly approach God. Give me wisdom, Lord. No, it has to be a great desire and great passion, and also a dedication and surrender to God. I think about Proverbs chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he had no heart to it? 
The reason why you don't want to read this book every day is because you have no heart to get wisdom. That's a simple fact. It's a simple fact. And by the way, you know, you might have some different issues in your life, and, and, you're, and you're trying to get, you know, uh, you're trying to just find the issues and, and try to, you know, uh, look at different pages of this book and, and say, let me find it, let me find it. And, and that's all you're concentrating upon. But I want to encourage you, just go to God with the open heart and just say, God, I have issues, but would you prioritize it for me? And would you show me what I need to work on first? Before you take care of your issue with marriage, maybe God wants to take care of your personal problem. Maybe there's some things that you're not recognizing, and you just need to go to God, all right, and not not with the issue in mind and going to the Scripture. No, you just open up and say, Lord, what is is the uh, problem that you see in my life? And show me. I don't want to just kind of look in the the Scripture and, and try to find my own issue. No, you show me what I need to work on, and you just go chapter by chapter every single day. Maybe for a good six months, I guarantee you God will speak to you. I guarantee you God will uh, reveal to you the, uh, the right issues at hand, and also God will reveal to you the desire uh, that you had concerning some other different issues that you first started with, and God will solve some different problems if you just open up to God in a very uh, uh, frank manner and say, God, you work on my life. I don't want to work in my life on my own self and looking at the Scripture by my own wisdom. And I just want to encourage you to just open up to God and let God do the prioritizing and, and let God speak to you and what the issues at hand. Oh, get wisdom, my friend. Get your heart right with God and, and, and seek God uh, uh, for yourself. And, and I believe that God will reveal to you some wonderful things. So what are we to know about wisdom? And if you are searching and praying, then we must know what we're looking for. You know, there are many different explanations about wisdom in the Bible and characteristics about wisdom. But this morning, I'd like to share with you three of them. Very simple, but uh, I think it's very uh, uh, helpful. And uh, I'd like to just give you uh, the three descriptions of wisdom uh, that will help us to search what wisdom is all about. First of all, true wisdom is simple fear. Simple fear. And Job 28, verse 28, the Bible says, And unto man he he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the scripture reveals to us that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Okay? It's not intellectual ability. It's not how smart you are. Okay? That's not the beginning of wisdom. It's not how much you know concerning different books. No, not even how much you, uh, 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 you know of maybe uh, what you have heard from the Scripture, but it starts in the heart, and, and God says, fear me, and fearing God uh, 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 is the first uh, sign of wisdom. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, fearing God is not just trembling before him, and, and those, that might be part of it. No, it, it, it's a feeling the one, uh, 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 fearing the one, I'm sorry, the fearing the one who is our judge, and, and he would judge wickedness and sin. So wisdom helps us understand that by fearing God, we will avoid sin. You see, the Bible says foolish person is the opposite. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 16, okay, it says a wise man, what does he do? Fear it. 
and departeth from evil. But the fool raiseth and what? Confidence. So a foolish person does not have the fear of God. He's confident about what he's doing, confident about what uh, uh, he's committing, and, and he's confident about his sin, and, and confident about uh, all the wickedness that he has in his life, and, and, and is raging. But a wise man is the opposite. He fears and departs from evil right away because he knows there is a judge. There is a God. Wisdom is to fear the Lord and to keep his commandment. That's what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. Forget all other wisdom. Let's fear God and keep his commandment. That's the beginning of wisdom. You know, this is a simple wisdom that the world cannot understand. Fear God and keep his commandment. You know what? Uh, I believe that there is a love of Christ, and I believe in that. But I believe the love of Christ and the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, could be abused in a very wrongful way. If we just uh, simply just do whatever we want. But the Bible is very clear that we cannot just do whatever we want. We've got to make sure we fear the Lord and keep his commandment. And, 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 and being a Christian is not just loving God, but obeying his commandment. Jesus said it very well and very clearly and, and very thoroughly. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It goes together. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is truly the whole duty of man. And I think about Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding of all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Many people do not understand what we're doing here even this morning. And uh, I want you to come to church loving God, but I want you to come to church that you fear God too. You know, to be honest with you, I, I believe some Christians need to not only love God, but to fear God as they come to church. And, hey, if I miss out on church, miss out on preaching, hey, I know I'm, gonna, I'm not going to reap a blessing even this coming week because I avoided the word of God. I did not learn what I should have learned. And I, did not, uh, I was not taught what I should have been taught. And, and my heart's going to sway. And, and I didn't get the preaching of the word of God. I didn't get the fellowship of Christians of encouragement. And I hope you fear the Lord that way too. And, and I hope many of you fear the Lord concerning other different commandments that God has given us. Yes, you love doing them. And you should have the desire for it. But also to fear the Lord and, and to realize if you avoid those things, hey, God's not going to bless you. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, so pray for the fear of the Lord. Secondly, simple instructions. Proverbs 19, verse 23-21. Hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices of man's heart, and nevertheless the counsel of the Lord. That shall stand. And Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 1, 5, a wise man will hear, and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. And uh, what is a, a, a common emphasis that the Scripture is giving concerning a wise person? It's very clear a wise person is teachable. A wise person will be taught. A foolish person will not be taught. He already knows what, uh, uh, what's right for him. He already knows uh, uh, how to live life. No, I don't need the word of God. I don't need some mentorship. I don't need any of that. I am, I am in control of my own life. That is a foolish person. 
Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 5, a fool despises his father's instruction. If you're a young person today, you're a foolish person. If you're a foolish girl, if you're, you're a foolish boy, if you are not listening to your parents. Proverbs 17, verse 10, a reprove enter it more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. You see, a wise man is ready to be corrected, ready to be uh, surrendered to God. And Lord, I was wrong. Okay. You know, sometimes a lot of people are hard. Finding, they find themselves hard to say that. I was wrong. Could you say that with me? One, two, three. I was wrong. Say that to God many times because we're wrong many times. Oh, that doesn't make me feel good. Well, I believe that all my heart that when you say I was wrong to God, you'll have repentance. And when you have true repentance, I believe that you'll have great, wonderful grace that's filling in your life. And you'll recognize that is far more better than anything that you want to protect concerning your pride and arrogance. And, 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 the, pri- and the pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Get ready to fall if you're a prideful person today. Proverbs 17, verse 10, a reprove enter it more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. You know, it's very clear that a wise man is ready to take it on and take it on and take it on. You know, a fool will make his own rules and standards, a fool in his own laws and commandments. Fool will always be right. A fool will not be corrected. I heard about two teachers who were once applying for the same vice principal position at a local high school. One had been teaching a total of eight years and the other a total of 20 so one uh, was eight-year experience, a lady, and then a guy was 20 years of experience. And everyone excited, uh, 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 I'm sorry, everyone expected the teacher with the great, greater experience to get the job. You know, 20 years, eight years, you know, comparison. Yeah, you want to, you know, get the 20-year job. But to their surprise, guess who was hired? The eight-year teacher. And the other teacher complained bitterly, I've got 20 years teaching to uh, to her hate, uh, to her eight, he, he cried. I'm vastly more qualified. The school board replied, yes, sir, you do have 20 years teaching to her eight, but here's the reality. The eight year that she had in experience was in one school. But you and your 20 years of experience was in 20 different schools. What happened? The latter teacher with the 20-year experience was now receiving instruction and correction and was not changing. He had not learned from instructions. And ladies and gentlemen, you might be a 20-year-old, uh, 20-year-old Christian. You know, I'm only 14 years old as a Christian. I'm still a teenager in this Christian uh, life. Some Christians are two years old. You're barely walking, okay, or maybe one. And, uh, and, and, and you might be a 30-year-old uh, a Christian today. You've been, you've, been, you've been a Christian for 30 years. Maybe even 40 years. But I wonder if you are receiving instruction. And uh, just because you have experience, that doesn't mean you're changing into the image of God. If you're prideful, you're not. If you're humble, I believe you are. You know, someone has once said, experience comes from what we have done, and wisdom comes from what we have done badly. Do we learn from errors? Are we open to be taught, instructed, and reproved when we even rebuke? Did you know that's what the Bible is? 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice those words, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. I don't think those things will make us feel good, to be honest with you. Many times when you approach the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is a two-edged sword. It's going to start poking you and poking you. You have this, there's something wrong with you here, and there's something wrong with you there. Why don't you change that? Why don't you repent from that? And why don't you get right with God about that? And, and that's what the Bible does. So that we could be righteous. So that we could live a life following the word of God, following the scripture, and, and following his will. So with that in mind, a Christian author, author once said, a wise man learns by the experience of others. An ordinary man learns by his own experience. A fool learns by nobody's experience. I wonder if you're a Christian today, avoiding, avoiding reproof and instructions. And, and there are a lot of instructions in this book by different people. And, 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 there are, and of course, there are people, I understand, but they're inspired by the Holy Spirit to write them. And the characters in the Bible, guess what? They're not all perfect. Did you know that? Abraham wasn't perfect. David wasn't perfect. None of these people were. Also, Paul, none of them. Daniel, none of them. Joseph, none of them. They weren't perfect at all. And you see a lot of mistakes that they have made. And the Bible says that we need to learn from this. We need to learn from the instructions of this book. So with that, number three, I'm finished. We have simple silence. Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it till afterwards. Proverbs 17, verse 27, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. You know, the hindrance of receiving instruction and learning is our mouths, and we should talk rather than, uh, we wish to talk rather than listen. And, but however, the Bible says we ought to do the opposite in James 1, 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. You know, uh, I'm sure uh, many of you... Uh, I jumped in a conversation without listening to the whole thing. You know, uh, you know, how do you say that? I have made that mistake in my life, raise your hand, you know? You just kind of conclude some things and, you know, uh, you jump into the conversation, but that person wasn't really talking about all that. And the reason is because of the fact that, you know, we're more swift to speak rather than uh, slow to hear. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think as Christians we need to make sure that we, are, we have open ears and, Someone has said wisdom is a reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you have preferred to talk. And, uh, you know, wisdom comes from God. It comes from his mouth, his words. And so in order to receive wisdom, we need to be swift to hear, the Bible says. And salvation is a great example of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And why don't people get saved? They refuse to hear and listen. Romans 3, 18, there's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith is saved to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and, and all the world may become guilty before God. And you see, there's no fear before, uh, 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 before their eyes and, and every unbelieving person's mouth is open, having all the excuses to say and have all the words of their own justification. But through God's law, God says, when I speak, every mouth will be stopped. God is saying, listen, stop talking, stop your excuse, you are guilty. And, uh, and not only, uh, uh, I want you to know that you're guilty, but hear me out, I have the good news of Jesus Christ too. You know, salvation is not just believing in Jesus, but is repenting and believing in Jesus. 
You know, there's easy, beliefs, easy believism, and, and a lot of people say, I've accepted Christ, I believed in Jesus, but there has, been a, there has never been a repentance of uh, uh, who they were and where they were going, and, and they just accepted Jesus in their heart, and, and they just knew it by a phrase. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is very clear that there is repentance and faith. And we must recognize that we're sinners, that we're guilty before God. And we have nothing to say to God or even try to prove ourselves to be good. And that we're going to die and go to hell without Jesus. And when you admit that, you repent and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. And what I used to believe is not right. And what I used to think that I, that would take me to go to heaven, it is wrong. And I admit that it is wrong. I repent from all those things. And even my sins, I realize that all those simple things I have done has been wicked in your, uh, in your sight. And, and I'm a sinner before you. And, and uh, I come to you and asking you for, for your grace and, and your free gift of salvation. And, and salvation is not uh, earned, uh, but it is, uh, 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 it is given by uh, Jesus Christ, our Savior, and, and he was the ultimate sacrifice to die on that cross, and, and there is nothing that we could do in this lifetime that would, uh, that would equal to the sacri sacrifice of Jesus. No, sacrifice of Jesus is always greater because he did the, uh, 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 the greatest work to cleanse all men's uh, uh, sins away if they choose to believe in him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have never received Jesus, Jesus has this say to you in Mark 4, 23. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Listen what I have got to say. You're not saved. You're not going to heaven. And you have sin in your life. And you have hell waiting for you. Would you listen? And would you listen to the gospel? Would you listen that I am your Savior. I have done the perfect work. It is not what you have done. It is what I have done. Not only that, Jesus has something say, to say to Christians too. Revelation 2.11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, the Spirit saith unto the who? The churches. You know, God wishes speaks to you and God wishes to speak to me. And, and, and God says, you know, I want to speak to my church. And I, I want them to hear what I've got to say. And, and ladies and gentlemen, are we listening to God? Are you listening to God? Uttering our mouths here and there, saying all that we need to say, we won't gain, we won't gain wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, be not rash with thy mouth, let thine heart be hasty. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Few. We have so many things to say to God. We have so many complaints and we have so many issues and arguments that we have before the Lord. But God says, let your words be few. Let me talk. You listen. If you have an ear, would you listen? And I hope you're listening today. That's the start of wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. And I hope you gain wisdom in your life. The worldly wisdom is this. Seek your own path. Seek your own life. Do what it pleases you. No, true wisdom is to fear God. True wisdom is to receive instruction. And true wisdom, my friend, is to be silent. I wonder 
as Christians today, that we will have simple wisdom to hear the Lord, to receive instructions, and to listen to God.